Let's pray. God of hope and promise, open us to your still speaking voice. Let your voice be mine. Let your heart be mine. Let your hope be mine. Share in this moment the lesson you want us to hear, the voice we seek to hear, the hope that we need to hear. Amen. I do feel like I need to start with a huge apology to our liturgists recently. We've been spending time with the prophets, and wow, are those names a challenge. Names we can't pronounce, about people and places we don't know, for a purpose we aren't sure we understand. I wouldn't be surprised if these readings brought a little fear to our liturgists. Honestly, they can to me, too. So to those of you powering through these readings, thank you. There have been times in my life when I felt completely defeated. You know those times? When you feel small and insignificant? When you feel like the next blow will do you in? One of those times was about four years ago. My full-time employer had made a decision to change my role, and that of dozens of others, from a work-at-home position to a centrally located office. My options were simple. I could relocate to New York City, or Phoenix, Arizona, or take a severance package and move on. I was devastated. With a family all centered in eastern Connecticut, I needed to keep my work location in this part of the world. But I would be leaving a job I had worked at for over 15 years, solid compensation, a great benefits package, and credibility that I had built over time. It also meant that at 50 years old, I was facing the daunting task of finding a new job, having not looked for a role in a long, long time. In a very tight labor market, with a resume missing pieces that today's HR screening systems quickly filter out so no hiring leader would ever see my application, let alone agree to an interview. So as my old job was winding down, I was going through the motions of life. Oh, I was working with the outplacement firm my employer provided. I was getting my resume cleaned up. I was thinking about what I might do next. But whatever I was doing, I was doing it from a position of fear. I was afraid of all the what-ifs. What if I couldn't find a job quickly? What if the only job I could find paid half of what I was making? Or had much weaker benefits? What if no one saw my value and I curled up in a ball in the corner? As I explored, I was given plenty of advice. One of those giving me a reason to think about things was Reverend Jeff Lukens, a pastor at Lordship Community Church in Stratford. Jeff has long been a friend of our family. He first recruited our oldest daughter, Caitlin, to serve as a counselor for Silver Lake Conference Center's Waterworld Conference that he was deaning. He went through asking each of our kids to do the same and asking Caitlin to co-dean with him and even asking me to serve as a counselor. When Jeff became aware of my employment situation, he suggested I look 
at going into ministry. Well, more than suggested, he sort of pressed like he wanted to slap me with a two-by-four to get through to me. His encouragement was enough for me to look into the process. We like our stories clean and neat and tidy, don't we? Well, mine isn't, and this isn't where the struggles ended. The local association that I was a part of had one path to ministry in mind, and it required a master's in divinity. They never said no, but they said, come back and see us when you have the minimum requirements we have for you. Ultimately, I ended up taking a job in customer care for a large business, which stabilized things economically, but I was still really going through the motions. I was still fearful. I worked the job I had because I was afraid they truly were the only ones who would consider me for employment. I have to believe the people of Jerusalem felt very similar when King Sennacherib's army was on their doorstep. Might as well just flip from King Hezekiah and cave into the mighty Assyrians because they'd be the only ones who would allow them to live even if it was a life of going through the motions. The thought of countering the Assyrians was intimidating and the field commander was taking advantage of that fear. In fact, the field commander even went so far as to try to take down the strongest defense the people of Jerusalem had, the presence of their God. But King Hezekiah had a different idea. He sought out someone he knew had a vision that was supported by God. He sought out Isaiah. And Isaiah offered this vision. Say this to your master. The Lord says this. Don't be afraid at the words you heard, which the officers of Assyria's king have used to insult me. I'm about to mislead him. So when he hears a rumor, he'll go back to his own country. Then I'll have him cut down by the sword in his own land. Don't be afraid. I'll handle this. Isaiah tried already to help the people get that this was our awesome God we're talking about here. That God would judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations. The God that would ensure that people would beat their swords into iron plows and their spears into pruning tools. The God that would ensure that nation would not take up sword against nation, that they would no longer learn how to make war. It was an outlandish vision. An absurd vision. But that's what our God does, isn't it? Makes outlandish reasonable and the absurd a reality. And all we need to do is to remember what we were told. You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. We need to remember that we need not be afraid. God will handle things. So the people of Jerusalem chose to set fear aside and trust in God. They chose to be the light. And in return, the Assyrians were wiped out by God. King Sennacherib was finished. And a place of fear was replaced with a place of hope. 
When I had finally reached my lowest point in 2016, I opened up to God in prayer. I asked for God to tell me what God's will was for me to do next. Only now, I was in a place to listen. Fear had only made me more miserable. The only path out was to put my trust in God. I chose to remember that I didn't have to be afraid because God would handle things. And a very different sequence of events took over. The Connecticut Conference Eastern Regional Minister of the UCC told me of a small church just three miles from here that could use a little light. One he felt that could spark for them. Listening to God in that moment led me to know the amazing light in the people of this community. And just a couple of years later, a simple conversation about hopes and dreams between Pastor John and I led to the opportunity to be here with you at Westfield. One of the greatest blessings in my life. A simple message on LinkedIn to a former leader at my prior full-time employer led to three phone conversations, and in just two weeks, I was offered the chance to return to the full-time role I had enjoyed so much with an employer I had deep respect for. It all started with a simple conversation with God. It all started by listening to God telling me, don't be afraid, I'll handle this. It all started with living life from a place of light, not a place of fear. Now, for each one of you, I don't know the exact spot you're in today. Maybe you're in that fearful spot right now. Maybe you're not sure where the next meal is going to come from or if you'll be able to stay warm all winter. What I can tell you is if you shut out the intimidating words, especially if they are your own words in your own head, you will make space for God's light to fill you. When you set aside fear and know that God will handle it all, you yourself will become the light of the world. If you're in a place of blessing and things are going well, guess what? You already are the light. And all God asks of you is to shine it brightly so all the dark places of those around you are cast out. Just being there for those living in a place of fear sparks the light within them, leading them to a place of hope and love. When we choose to be disciples of Christ, we light the world with grace and set it afire with love. Or as Ed Stetzer and Lori Nichols put it in an article in Christianity Today, when we believe in something good so deeply, we will seek to be people who live and speak in such a way that others will be changed as a result. So lay down your sword and shield. Let your mind be filled with hope, not fear. God will handle all things and shine as the light you were created to be. Light of Westfield. Light of Killingly. Light of the world. Amen.